Hey, uh, Luke here with the Where We're Going podcast, and this is what will be episode two. And today I'm excited because I get to share something that has really made my life easier and happier and just so much better recently. But I want to start with a story from many years ago, just right after my wife and I met. Um, our story is really interesting because we kind of had this, and it, it sounds really cliche to say it, but we kind of had one of those like fairy tale moments, right? When we met and we were in a circle of people and we started talking and we just kept talking and talking and talking and, and we had this connection and everybody else kind of stopped talking. We didn't even know, we didn't even realize that that's what was going on. And, um, we, we could tell both of us could tell that, that we had really something really special there. And the, the way that we describe it to people is we, we just felt a lot of peace about each other and, and about the relationship. Um, but there was a little bit of a problem that, um, there was a, a little age difference. She was almost 19 and I was about 22 at the time, which I know doesn't sound like much, but I was in a, um, you know, we were in dorms and everybody else was a freshman and I was uh, kind of a sophomore, a little bit older. And, um, I didn't know if I wanted to, to date someone that young. And so, um, I kind of, I remember I kind of tried to pawn her off on or, or send her off on dates with, uh, the younger guys in hopes that, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to do that uh, well secretly though. I, I had really hoped that, um, something would work out there, but, uh, eventually, yeah, that, uh, that didn't really work out and we started dating and eventually got married. That's a whole other story for later, but the story I want to share is one particular night we were hanging out with a group of our friends. We were just outside of one of the dorms and we were all kind of just standing around talking and it was getting late and eventually everybody else started to leave. I think it was some of her roommates, some of my roommates, some other people in, in the dorms and, um, slowly people started to leave. We had one person go and then the other person, oh, I had to go to, I have to go to bed so I can go to work in the morning or this other person, I, I need to go get this assignment done or whatever it was. And eventually it was just the two of us and we just were talking and talking and talking and having the greatest time. And I remember, I, I think I had a flip phone at the time. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. And I, I kept looking at the phone and it got to 3 a.m., and then I got to 4 a.m. And then I got to 5 a.m. And finally, around 5 a.m., it was so hard to break away because we were just having so much fun just talking. And um, I was like, I, I really got to go. I'm going to like miss class. The, and I think I, I slept through class that day or something. But it was well, it was one of the most enjoyable experiences of my entire life. And it ended up laying the foundation for our relationship and has been foundational to our relationship ever since. And, and that is why we have such a good marriage, such a, such a, uh, an enjoyable marriage for, for both of us, um, to the point where we go on, <laughs> we go on road trips and we just talk the entire time we're in the car. And that's what makes road trips so enjoyable for me. Part of what makes road trips so enjoyable for, for me. And I think for her too, but the principle here that I want to get at is that if you want to grow, or if you want to achieve something, if you want to go far or go big with one of your goals, you need to grow slowly and focus on the simplest things that you can do. So in the case of relationships, that means talking is, is at least one of the things. That's not everything, but that's what it was for me. And now I have this amazing marriage and I have all this happiness and all this peace and all because we started our relationship as friends and we laid the foundation by just doing a lot of the simple thing of, of talking with each other. And 
I've tried to, I've applied this in many different areas of life. And I actually discovered this idea while researching how to run faster. A few years ago, I ran a few half marathons and then eventually ran a full marathon. I got injured partway through the full marathon and that kind of ended my running for quite a while. And I'd always kind of thought, oh, I want to run faster, but I thought I need to, I need to run really fast to run faster. I need to do like sprints or, or interval training, or, or it has to be really, really difficult. And then I discovered this book called Training for the Uphill Athlete, and it completely transformed the way that I look at it. Um, it goes into all of the physiology of running and of what our bodies do when we run. And it's counterintuitively teaches that to run faster, you actually have to start slower. And there's a lot of reasons why I've tried to explain this to a lot of people, and hopefully it'll make sense here. But the basic idea is that when you run slowly, your body burns fat and it doesn't build up excess things in your muscles that make it hard to run and and make your body eventually stop when you're running at higher intensities. So when you run at a high intensity, your body produces uh, and, and builds up this thing called lactate. And that lactate kind of freezes up your muscles. And there's other things that are kind of sitting around in your muscles that kind of make them shut down. But I was training back when you know, I was running these first few half marathons and, and my full marathon, I was trying to run fast and I was trying to run intensely and I wasn't really getting any faster. I wasn't really getting very far because I kept having that buildup of lactate and then my muscles would kind of shut down and I just wasn't enjoying it. It, it wasn't fun. And this book teaches that you actually need to train your body to be more effective at the process of burning fat and of and, and your body can actually use that lactate uh, at lower intensities. It can use that lactate to produce more energy. And it's called lactate threshold. There's your aerobic threshold. There's, there's all sorts of kind of complicated concepts to understand here. But the basic idea is if you want to run faster, you have to run slower and then get faster. And it completely transformed running for me. I, I had kind of sworn it off. I was like, yeah, I like this, but I don't know if I want to do it anymore until just this year when I started back up again. And I remember that first run I did with it and I was amazed at how it felt easy to run. Now I was running super slow. I think it was like a 12 minute or 13 minute mile, but I felt good. I felt like I could keep going for a really long time. I felt like I could run a marathon at that pace. And that was amazing to me that I could feel happy. I could feel good while running. I could feel like I wasn't burning myself out from running too fast. And the idea here is that as you work more, as you do more of this running at these slower speeds, your heart rate is going to go down at the same speed, or rather you can maintain a, you can go up to a higher speed with the same heart rate. The heart rate is the, the way that you measure where your body is in terms of burning or using, you know, fat or using, you know, carbohydrates or, or, or sugars for fuel. And so I, I've just really, really enjoyed this idea of this slow work, this working slowly, but doing a lot of it on something that is really simple and easy and, and even fun, I would say. Now, not everybody loves running. Not everybody has to love running, but I think this can apply. Actually, I know it can apply to all areas of life. I've already talked about how it can work in fitness and it can work in relationships. And these aren't the only applications where it can apply in these other, in these areas. 
But another area that I've seen it, just to give another example, is in finances. So in my finances, I remember a few years ago, I was starting to get into investing, trying to figure out this whole kind of what seemed like a really big, scary thing of investing. And as I read these books, as I started to discover and, and learn more, I started to real. I learned about, oh, you have to learn about individual stocks and you have to make good decisions and you have to kind of know what you're doing. And it all just felt like guesswork. It felt like really, really hard. It felt really intense. And I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. I didn't feel like I could get anywhere with what I was learning. And, and I had these stocks that I was like, oh, I want to invest in this, but I don't know if it's a good idea. I just felt confused and overwhelmed and it, it just didn't feel right. And so I kind of put it off and put it off. And then eventually I discovered that all it takes is really, you just have to have an app and then you just have to buy index funds. And it's really as simple as, and this isn't financial advice. I'm not a financial planner or anything. Don't come after me, you know, whatever. There's always risks when investing in the stock market. Remember all of that. But, um, all what I figured out for me, it works is that uh, I just have an app. I use Fidelity, and then I just invest in an index fund. And the the marker for it is VOO. It's a Vanguard 500 index fund. And I learned that investing really is a matter of they say it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market, right? So the longer you're in the market, the more your money's going to grow. And as I've done, because I'm an engineer, I love math, I've done different, you know, situations, run different simulations of what if we invest this much and what if we invest this much and what's it going to end up being after so many years? And I discovered that, well, one, and I've heard this from multiple different sources, it's extremely difficult to be, to get a higher return than the average of the stock market, which is what the S&P 500 is. And these index funds are just an average of that. And so I started investing with that philosophy of I'm just going to go simple and I'm going to stay consistent and I'm going to do a lot of it or as much of it as I reasonably can. And so I just started putting money into this index fund with also the mindset of I looked at the past 20 years or so of the market and saw the average return rate and saw, okay, well, this has gone up. There've been definitely dips, but it's gone up on average over this 20 years. That's pretty much going to be what the next 20 years are going to be like. There's of course going to be dips and things here and there. But if it goes to zero, then we're going to have bigger problems to worry about than investing and, and, and money. So that's my philosophy. And it's worked extremely well. Right now, I think I'm at like a 15% return rate. And I've made, you know, a few thousand dollars on this. And it's remarkable to me how, again, there's this principle of growing big requires consistent, slow growth at the simple steps at the lower intensity. And that word intensity, I think is really important that we have to remember that when we're working on something, anything, we have to consider how intense whatever we're doing is. Is this something that is taking a lot of my energy all at once and I kind of might need to scale back so that I can stay consistent at it? Because the issue with intensity is that intense things usually don't last very long. If you notice with rainstorms, and I studied this actually, I took a hydrology class in college. Um, with rainstorms, when you have a really intense rainstorm, like when it's chucking it down, when it, the rain is just pouring down, they don't last for very long. Usually there's occasionally, we call it like the hundred year storm or whatever. It only happens once every 100 years. You will get something where it's just doing that like crazy for, a, you know, maybe a couple of days and it just causes tons of problems. But most of the time that doesn't happen and a really intense storm will end fairly quickly. And the same thing is true for you. If you're going to try to run really fast, if you're going to try to like push a relationship really far, or if you're going to push really far with work or all of a sudden decide that you want to change all these things, it's not going to work. You need to figure out what 
the one thing is that if you did every single day, it would guarantee success. And if you want more ideas on that principle, go read the book, The One Thing by, I think it's Gary Keller. That's where that idea comes from. And you just need to figure out, okay, what's that one thing that if I do slowly over time, I'm going to grow. And you have to have that long-term vision. The thing about intense intensity with running, the reason why it's so um, appealing or so tempting is that you can actually have really quick, you can see results fairly quickly with it, but you can't see long-term results as quickly unless you have like a coach or your Olympic level, which most of us are not, right? And so you need to be thinking of what are those things, what are those simple things that if I do every single day, it's going to guarantee success. So you might walk for an hour each day. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing one hour of that low intensity work, uh, running and or walking every single day. Or you might even, I mean, if you can't think about talking with your significant other right now, you know, maybe things are, are tough or, or whatever it is, or you're just really tired, um, maybe just watch a show with each other. Start with that. And then it can lead into, you know, you're just having a conversation or whatever. Or with investing, pick one of those in uh, S&P 500 index funds and just invest a little bit each day. Little actions consistently worked on consistently done over time yield big results and I want you to remember what happens when if you've ever been uh, when I was a kid I would ride my scooter down the sidewalk and there were some parts of the sidewalk where I would have to like get off my scooter and like walk over it because there was a tree on the one part of the sidewalk that had gone underneath the sidewalk and pushed up the concrete. Now concrete is it's heavy and it's strong and I would know because I'm an engineer but that tree that seemingly small little root of that tree and it's big by the time it breaks up the concrete uh, but the weaker material the, the wood is significantly weaker than concrete but it can break concrete because of that slow growth over time and that root didn't just grow all at once it wasn't intense it grew slowly until it was something that could break that concrete. And your life is the same way. The things that you're working on right now, I want you to have that long-term vision of what you're working on. It's like that tree root, those little actions that you do consistently and think about doing it over the course of a year or even five years. My running plan is over the course of five years, I'm gonna try to get down to a certain pace. I wanna get down to around seven minutes per mile. And I'm planning for five years because I wanna stay consistent at it and I also wanna have fun with it. And I think when you're, when you're you know, having that high intensity, it kinda isn't as fun or it doesn't get as fun um, after a little while. So figure out those things. Figure out the one thing that if you did every single day, it would guarantee success and just stick with it and you're gonna see great things happen in your life.